0: Welcome to U News, the podcast, using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Tuesday, March 16th. I'm Carolina Sarasa, and these are today's headlines. President Joe Biden and top officials kicking off a week-long effort to solve the benefits of his American rescue plan, pledging a shot in every arm and a check in every pocket. Along the border, the situation growing worse, Republicans criticizing White House efforts to stem the tide of migrants trying to cross into the US. And as the pace of vaccinations picks up across the country, concerns in Europe over the AstraZeneca vaccine. This and much more today on U.N.E.W.S. News, transmitting live from our newsroom in Miami. We began with President Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris and their spouses launching an ambitious tour this week to promote the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan as a way to battle the pandemic and boost the economy. The Help Is Here tour by White House began with Harris visiting a COVID-19 vaccination site and a culinary academy in Las Vegas. Now, First Lady Joe Biden touring a New Jersey elementary school after beginning the sales campaign with high profile speeches, Biden would head to Pennsylvania today and then join Harris in Georgia on Friday. Others on his team are visiting Nevada, Colorado, New Mexico and New Hampshire. Meanwhile, the Biden administration is under increasing pressure to control the surge of unaccompanied minors and families arriving at the border. On Tuesday, Homeland Secretary Alejandro Mayorcas issued a statement defending a policy of allowing unaccompanied children crossing the border to remain in the U.S. while quickly expelling most single adults. Edwin PT has the latest from Washington, D.C. Edwin.
1: That's right, Carolina. The focus continues to be on the southern border with a surge of migrants trying to enter the U.S., especially unaccompanied minors, making it a crisis that is drawing criticism, across both political spectrum. DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas insisted Tuesday that the situation at the border is under control as he defended a policy of allowing children crossing by themselves to remain in the country. Secretary Mayorkas conceded that a surge in the number of children, mostly from Central America, is a challenge for the Border Patrol, but he rejected a Trump-era policy of sending them immediately back to Mexico or other countries. Take a listen. We did not expel them as the Trump administration did. We took in those children and placed them in the care and custody of Health and Human Services until we can put them in the custody of a parent or legal guardian or close relative here in the United States. Secretary Mallorca said the United States is encountering more individuals on the border than it has in the past 20 years, but stressed that there have been previous surges, including in 2014 and 2019, and added that the situation has been building since April 2020 before Biden's arrival. The Department of Homeland Security is taking steps to deal with the situation. According to a DHS memo, a Dallas Convention Center will now be used to hold more than 2,000 migrant teenagers. They're calling the facility a decompression center, and it would house boys between ages 15 and 17 to relieve the overcrowding. Roberta Jacobson, the White House coordinator for the southern border, said the Biden administration is also making efforts to address root causes, for their migration. This is what you had to say.
2: We've been talking with the Mexican, the Guatemalan, the Honduran, the Salvadoran government since the day we came to office, uh, working with them to make sure that we are speeding humanitarian aid, which is increasing, that's quick dispersing, to make sure that we are working with them to slow down the flow, especially during a
1: period of COVID. Mallorca is also saying that the current administration has no illusion about how hard it is and that it will take time, but they will get it done. Reporting live in Washington, D.C., Carolina, back to you.
0: Thank you for the live report, Edwin Pitti. This week, the House is set to vote on two bills that would help millions of immigrants become citizens. But criticism of the president's handling of the migrant search is complicating, the Bill's in Congress. We're joined by Erika Andiola. She's the Chief Advocacy Officer at the pro-immigrant group Raices. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Erika, the House is voting on two bills that would provide a pathway to citizenship for, ma- for dreamers, TPS holders, and farm workers. Do you really think this has a chance at passing?
3: Well, we have to work hard for it. And, um, you know, I just, I also just want to say two words uh, or a few words about what is happening at the border, because it is important, right? We are looking at what is happening in Congress, but it is also important to ensure that we're looking at the narrative that is being driven by the Republican Party right now. And it is really concerning to me to see all of these members of Congress going to the border, saying how heartbreaking it is what they're seeing. Yet when Trump had been doing this and He really left the mess for the Biden administration. When he was doing this, none of them stepped up. None of them said it was heartbreaking to see the Trump administration tearing families apart at the border. And so now we have to make sure that we are taking care of the children. And we have two choices. We either uh, ensure that the children who are crossing the border are safe and that we're treating them humanely. Or we do what the Trump administration was doing and create all these inhumane policies to, quote-unquote, what he used to say, to, to scare them away, right, to send a message. And I think it's it's pretty easy what the choice should be. We have to be uh, fighting for them. So that's just one, one important um, narrative change that needs to happen. It is not a search. It is a challenge. And we need to be taking care of the children. And in Congress, I think we can... Um, pass legislation in the senate if we are uh, getting rid of the filibuster Um, i think it is important that we are um, really working with all the tools that we have right now and democrats right now have the ability to pass legislation if they were to get rid of things like the filibuster to be able to have enough uh, votes to pass uh, any immigration legislation in the senate
0: now, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy visited El Paso, Texas yesterday. He said that according to border agents, suspected terrorists are trying to cross into the border, into the U.S. What is your reaction to those comments?
3: There's no evidence of it. And the, uh, the congressmen and all the people uh, who went with him all well, the members of Congress who went to the border keep on saying these things without providing any evidence of that, of, of that happening. Now, what it is extremely upsetting to to me and to many of us who are who have been working on this issue for many years, is that when there was a national security threat at the, uh, in Congress, right, a few months ago, not too long ago in, in January, um, they didn't do anything about it, right? And and now that what they're they're saying is that that, that this is what is happening at the at the border without having any evidence of it
0: the white house has not called the situation at the border a crisis you say that it is a challenge should we call it a crisis we're seeing 4,000 unaccompanied minors in the u.s right now and we haven't been able to see the images of what's going on inside those centers like the one in dallas is it a crisis mm-hmm. or is it, it is not a crisis
3: see what, what it's important here to understand is that this happens every year right the numbers are much higher now because what we are seeing is people who are crossing the border who were not able to do it when Trump was president, because they were basically being uh, held in, in in Mexico, right? They were all in Mexico because of uh, remaining Me- the remaining Mexico policy or MPP, and so now we have many of these families who are making the journey, right? And um, it is a challenge, of course, that we have to ensure that we are working. Um, and that the, we are pushing the Biden administration to ensure that they're working really hard to, to, to put the safety of the children uh, in, in as a priority, right? And and, and we're going to continue to push for that. But what it is important here to understand is that this happens every single year. Even under Trump, we had
0: thousands of families who were trying to migrate to the United States. And reason. we have a new government. What actions could the president, Joe Biden, and Congress take right now to address the migrant search?
3: There has to be a short-term and a long-term solution, right? The short-term solution, we have to ensure that we are working really hard to, again, to prioritize the safety and the well-being of the kids who are seeking asylum in the United States, right? And we'll you know as says, we do have attorneys who work inside of some of the shelters and we are ensuring
0: that uh we are keeping an eye on on uh, what they're doing right well thank you erica and viola of the immigrant advocacy group raices for talking to us today and back in washington the senate voted monday to confirm deb holland as the president joe biden's department of the interior secretary the vote was 51 to 40. Most Republicans voted against her after several called her views on public land use and fossil fuels extreme. Holland will make history when she's sworn in as the first Native American cabinet secretary. Her job will be to oversee natural resources, public lands and Indian affairs and be part of President Biden's plan to tackle climate change. And Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is keeping the pressure on the president to forgive $50,000 in federal student loan debt. Per students, he said Monday, the Justice Department is conducted a legal review on whether the president has the authority to issue blanket forgiveness of student debt. But Biden has repeatedly resisted calls from Schumer and other Democrats to wipe away that much debt from borrowers. He made it very clear during a media town hall in February he does not support the idea. Biden has expressed support for canceling $10,000 per student except for those who attended Ivy League schools. And now to the latest on the Capitol riots, federal authorities making progress in their investigations into the Capitol assault. So far, more than 300 people have been charged in connection to the riot. And this Monday, two more people got arrested. Prosecutors charging two men with assault for allegedly spraying a chemical at a Capitol police officer. His name was Brian Sicknick, who later died. And Alinares has more details.
4: It's been more than two months since the January 6 riot at the Capitol, and police are still making arrests. Federal prosecutors arresting 32-year-old Julian Cater of Pennsylvania and 39-year-old George Tanios of West Virginia. Authorities say the two men are charged with assaulting Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick. They're each facing nine counts for what investigators say happened that day, several of them relating to violence and assaulting officers. It's clear that it took a long time for law enforcement to get to this point. According to a criminal complaint, the men were, quote, working together to assault law enforcement officers with an unknown chemical substance by spraying officers directly in the face and eyes. One of those three officers was Signick. Police say he went back to a command center and collapsed. He died the next day. Investigators didn't say in the complaint whether the exposure to the spray directly caused Sicknick's death.
1: They are keenly focused on trying to find the right evidence to fully understand how he lost his life. What was that singular moment? We may not get to that.
4: If they can't, prosecutors can still count on witness testimony. You are also gonna have two officers who are gonna say, I was sprayed in the face with a chemical substance. Pictures of both Cater and Tanios had been on FBI flyers for weeks. Court papers say a tipster helped identify them, saying the two grew up together in New Jersey, and that's how authorities located them. Cater's attorney said he plans to plead not guilty. Meanwhile, according to court records, prosecutors are trying to keep George Tanios in jail pending his trial, saying he could be a flight risk
0: and a danger to the community. In Miami, Florida, Andrea Linares, U Thank you, Andrea, for that report. And we continue with more. Meanwhile, in New York, pressure continues to grow on Governor Andrew Cuomo to resign. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand renewing her calls for Cuomo to quit. She cites multiple credible accusations as one of her reasons, also mentioning the governor has become a distraction. Julie Brand says Cuomo should step aside effective immediately and allow the Attorney General's investigation to take its course. At the same time, 50% of registered voters in New York say they do not think embattled Governor Andrew Cuomo should resign. The governor has been getting a lot of pressure to step aside after being accused of sexual harassment by former employees in a poll released Monday by Siena College. 57% of people said they were happy with the way the governor has handled the allegations, while 32% said they were not. 34% said they would vote for him as he runs again in 2022, while 52% say they will prefer someone else. And vaccination trouble in Europe, as more and more countries stop the use of the AstraZeneca vaccine, This says the pharmaceutical company denies any health risk and prepared to apply for FDA approval here in the U.S. Lorraine Casares has more details.
5: In Europe, a vaccine crisis, Portugal, Cyprus, Luxembourg, Latvia and Sweden, joining the growing list of countries pausing the use of the AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine, following reports of blood clots and death in a small number of people after being vaccinated. AstraZeneca says its analysis shows no evidence of an increased risk in vaccine recipients and the WHO is backing those claims. At least 2.6 million people have died of COVID 19 disease and so far of the 300 million doses that have been given to people across the world of course using different vaccines we there is no documented death that's been linked to a COVID vaccine. Meanwhile here in the U.S. health officials reminding residents that the AstraZeneca vaccine is not among those approved by the FDA yet and that Pfizer, Moderna and Johnson & Johnson have proven to be safe. If you go into a place and you have a certain vaccine available to you, take that vaccine rather than waiting for another vaccine because all
4: three of them are highly efficacious.
5: Doctors in California finding some Broadway inspiration to encourage people to get vaccinated. In New York, the governor working to boost confidence on the Johnson & Johnson vaccine.
1: I'm going to take mine and I'm going to take mine at a pop-up center in a black community because I want to make that point and I want to take a Johnson & Johnson because I want to make the point that the Johnson & Johnson is safe. So I'm going to take mine in the coming days.
5: The push for more vaccinations nationwide coming as the CDC announces the UK variant will become dominant in the US by the end of this month or early April. It's not evenly distributed across the United States. We do have um, B-117 reported in 50 jurisdictions, over um, 4,700 cases reported so far, and that's just based on what we're we're, um, evaluating and sequencing. Um, In some states, uh, Florida and California, it's up to 25%, in other states it's lower. And as the administration pushes for kids to go back to school, the CDC also announcing it may revise its recommendation for distancing in classrooms. Our Harvard study published last week finding no difference in COVID transmission in Massachusetts schools when students distanced three feet instead of six. As soon as we put out our guidance, among the biggest challenges that we were aware of was was the fact that schools were having a hard time with the six-foot guidance. And that, of course, prompted more studies to say, is six feet necessary in the context of mask wearing? We are looking at these data carefully. This, as Moderna announces, it will start testing its COVID nineteen vaccine on children as young as six months to twelve years old. The company enrolling seven thousand children in the United States and Canada.
3: The two parts to the study: the first part is
0: where we will find the appropriate dose of the vaccine in children. Children often need lower doses of vaccines than adults, so we want to make sure. We find the best dose that
5: increases their immunity. Moderna also working to develop an easier version of its vaccine, reducing it to just one dose that could remain stable in normal refrigeration, not below freezing temperatures. Trials are already in the early stages. And the AstraZeneca vaccine plans to apply for FDA approval here in the US very soon, although we don't have a date for that, the submittal of that application. Right now, that vaccine has been approved in more than 70 countries. And right now it's only being halted in European countries. So the European Medicines Agency is holding uh, an emergency meeting on Thursday to advise on next steps. Back to you, Carolina.
0: Thank you, Lorraine, for that report. More of you news after this short break. Imagine a
4: daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. The effects of COVID-19 will be felt for decades to
5: come.
1: Both parties are very far apart.
0: Approximately 250,000 people have lost their lives. U News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your world, your news. U News on Fusion. Welcome back to U News. A woman in Los Angeles was set to close her flower business in part because of the pandemic when a sudden act of kindness changed everything. Jenny Aponte has the story.
2: At 78 years old, he runs from one side to the other. El Tio, as he is known, doesn't get tired. And this has been his corner for 10 years at the Interstate 10 exit and Normandy in Los Angeles. His day starts at five in the morning at the market, picking out the most tender and beautiful flowers, he says. And from here, I go to the sale. Until what time is the sale? Until 6.30. It's 12 hours of work from making the bouquets to selling them, before El used to cook for a living.
0: Yo vendí tamales, vendí.
2: I sold tamales, elotes and other food, and finally the flowers. His name is Edmundo Sanchez. He came to the United States 37 years ago from Puebla, Mexico. He has no documents or family. He had some savings that he wanted to use to return to Mexico or start a business. But destiny, he says, changed his plans. And Don Edmundo became a hero to someone else. In December, Bertha told us that because of the pandemic and a slump in sales, she was going to close her business. But two days later, everything changed.
0: He me dijo, no te preocupes, echale ganas y, y yo te voy a ayudar. Y pues, al principio no
2: he told me, don't worry, I'm going to help you. And at first I didn't believe him, but then he came and let me the money I needed. And for me, it was a miracle. Don Hermundo lent her all of his savings, the four thousand dollars that Bertha needed to keep her place open. I'm looking at a business that I can't do because I don't have the space. But if someone can do it, then they should do it.
0: He's been like an angel to me. Sometimes the people you expect the least from are the ones who help you the most.
2: Don Armando is in no hurry to get his money back. He doesn't expect a payment with interest. They didn't even sign a document. He says the pandemic taught him that some see a hopeless end while others see endless hope. I thank God very much for putting El Tío in my path, and I hope God fills him with blessings. Reported by Socorro Cruz, this is Gianni Aponte for U News.
0: Thanks for listening to U News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow U News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. And join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.